Welcome to Feel More, Buy More, the marketing and advertising podcast from System One that puts its data where its mouth is. Everyone has an opinion on the latest ads, so do we at System One. But we've got the numbers too. Effectiveness test scores fresh off the System One ad ratings database. Every episode, the System One team and our guests talk you through the latest campaigns and the freshest work, and then we reveal their star ratings. This time we're coming at you live from Cannes on our beach, which is absolutely lovely. The weather's scorching, and I'm joined by CEO of System One, John Kieran. Hello, James. Good morning. And I'm also joined by panelists from yesterday, ex-Brewdog CMO, ex-Lucasade CMO, John Evans, who joined us on the first episode. Thank you for the invite and the rosé. <laughs> of course. How are you both enjoying Cannes so far? Hey, well... James, this is the first interview I think I've ever done in my swimming trunks, having just had a swim. It's half past ten. I mean, it's hard work, this, really. Do you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm really pleased to be here, and thank you for the invite, actually, because uh, I actually won two can Lions last year, and do you know what? I wasn't even invited. <laughs> so I'm now retrospectively making up for, for John, like the this lost is, time. This is our gift to the world. We have put th- we've put right the injustice, okay? And it we've got to have you like here. a CMOs that never got invited to can can like historically, like you know, <laughs> we now can make up for it. That's a good idea. I like the idea of that, John. For people that don't know. Who is System One and what do we do? Okay, System One. Okay, so we are basically an ad effectiveness, but let's just say it as it is. We basically predict famous ads that will make long-term profit, grow brands. To grow a brand, you need to get the people who don't buy you yet. And to do that, you need to create emotional work that is famous, that moves people, that actually makes you feel something, that's generally based on a universal human truth rather than a USP. I am trying submission to kill the USP. I mean, it's just overrated. You know, as long as the product does does what it's supposed to for the category, the rest is creativity and emotion. And when it works, and it works with fluency, so brand distinctiveness, you know, like M&M characters or meerkats, that is gold, literally gold, but it's long-term gold, nine to 12 months and beyond, not short-term sales. And so we specialize Uh, We are, in fact, the only um, method uh, validated by the IPA as predicting long-term growth and profitability. And we are trying to spread this to the world and, um, you know, and to clients and to help them basically do great creative advertising that lands and resonates with consumers. We do it all over the world. Uh, We have offices around the world. And world domination is uh, not our mission. Well, actually it is. (laughs) So let, let's move on a little bit to wh- why we're here in Cannes, the study we've done. John, can you give us a little bit of background on the study? Okay, very, very short, sharp, and I hope interesting. So we tested 75 Cannes Gold Lion winners over the last decade, yep, at TV. Within those, there were 12 Grand Prix winners over that time. Now, the good news for the industry is that the gold line winners are indeed significantly more effective, profitable, than the average. So five-star ads, we measure things one to five. Five-star ads are rare, rare, rare. They're less than 1% of all ads. Okay. And the good news is that can line golds were, I think, eight times more likely to be five-star. 
six times more likely to be four star and three times more likely to be three star, which really three is not the middle, it's not the average. The average of all ads, by the way, is literally on the cusp of one, between one and two. So that's the good news. Um, the twist in the tail, which is, I, I genuinely think, interesting. The 12 Grand Prix winners, however, <laughs> six of them, half, were one star. Because they were, they were creative, but there was novelty over popularity. <laughs> they didn't land with consumers. So the example I, I sort of like to share is Harvey Nichols' Christmas ad of a few years ago that won the Grand Prix. I would have bought you something nice, but I spent it on myself. And I remember loving that ad. It was funny. It was anarchic. It was, it was you know, sort of funny people showing off their new clothes and gifting staples, you know, to their, to their you know, nearest and dearest. One star with consumers because it's Christmas. John, let me, let me just jump in a second, right? So are you, are you saying the most celebrated advertising on the planet from the biggest and the best and the greatest agencies on you know funded by some you know amazing clients all that sort of thing 50% had absolutely no impact on long-term profitability is that what you're saying it is exactly what i'm saying i think that is a damning statement on well either on the well, way it's judged or or perhaps on the work i don't know which is it well is i it, think it's it a revealing i mean you know i think as as insights let's 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 go for the insights you know because it's revealing it's the industry, the creative industry, are, want to celebrate the most, what they think of as brave, radical, challenging, and, you know, to some degree. I mean, there's an argument to say that's what that prize is, but let's not be in any doubt that they choose ads that actually, on the whole, don't resonate with consumers and don't work for the brand. There was only one Grand Prix winner that was five star, and that was the Tide campaign, which was brilliant. But I, I mean, speak, speaking as a client, though, I think this is really interesting because you, you pay a lot of money, and you you have to make some very bold decisions as a client when you when you employ an ad agency and, and they do the work for you. You need to know that works, and um, I think it's a reputational issue because if you know everyone's you know heard you know their agency going out to Cannes, picking up awards and that kind of thing. But ultimately, if the if the creative doesn't deliver results, then you won't be coming back to make more advertising. So surely it's self-defeating. Surely you want advertising that works, don't you? You do. I mean, you do. And 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 I can't help feeling that um, you know, like the Mer Mercury Music Prize, you know, has the people's vote, you know, as opposed to the industry. I mean, what is advertising if it isn't how it resonates with, with consumers? And y you have to have really great creativity to get a five-star ad. You can't get a five-star ad without creativity, but there is a lot of creativity that doesn't land with consumers. It lands with the industry. They love it. So, so, so let, let me pitch the scene, right? You're the CMO of those one-star rated ads. You go back and you tell your board, it's okay because I've just had a week out in Cannes on a super yacht accepting the, <laughs> accepting the line. <laughs> Don't okay. worry about the numbers. <laughs> I mean, I, this, I'm really doing my best not to come over as sort of cynic, cynical, but here's the truth. Those CMOs who created the Grand Prix, or you know, were basically briefed and, and were responsible for the, the Grand Prix winners, I reckon their career has benefited personally enormously okay the credibility the kudos but therein lies the problem it's 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 when that credibility and kudos whether it's the creatives or the client when it 
combines with profitability and growth. And it's that is the magic combination. So we need a people's vote. You know, the people's vote should really be picking the Grand Prix winner um, so that it's more of a uh, effect. Well, that, that's a bit like um, Britain's Got Talent, isn't it? The judges um, make the decision all the way through to the final. Then you get the 10 and then the people have the say. I think that would w that's a brilliant suggestion we should feed back to the organisers. I think that would work very well. So I'm going to put it back quickly here uh, because we're talking about the five-star ads, the one-star ads. How does System 1 test these ads and how can we say that it's the people's vote? Okay, so basically we measure emotion uh, with seven, seven emotions which uh, consume. We, we test with a 150 nationally representative sample because that we found is the most predictive of in-market success uh, because fame doesn't really ascribe um, uh, you know, subgroups and segmentations. And what we've done is we've worked with the IPA, who have the world's you know, best, uh, most effect effectiveness database, and actually tested whether our star rating, which is made up of a number of you know, kind of questions around emotion and branding, uh, whether it correlates with predicting the ones that were most effective and least effective in the long term, and it does. And it's the only method that they have found that does. Um, and so we have validations across lots of categories uh, to prove it. Um, and yeah, we have predicted a lot of famous campaigns as a, as a result. John Lewis, um, which have not all been five star, but Monty the Penguin certainly was. And it correlates with their brand share growth. Um, money supermarket, uh, Guinness wheelchair basketball. You know, these are ones we've worked on uh, pre-testing in order to get them to be famous. And uh, and Lucas A. John, I, I believe the lionesses, um, you know, it's been a long time in gestation. It has, yeah. Well, I mean, super proud of what the team have done on the lionesses work. I think it's absolutely fabulous. Uh, high three star, maybe four star, I think. Yeah, very it high three star. And actually, I think could have had a, just yeah. one more round just, of just, iteration. Just knocked it over. Although, I would, if, if I can just plug it, though, I think I'm right in saying the Ribena outdoor advertising campaign last year yes. was the highest scoring outdoor yeah. ad on your database. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and do you know what this is? It would never win an award here, it would, would it? Never win. This is interesting, right? Because the Ribena ad last year is a great example of this because it was, a, you know, it's a, it's a very old... Uh, campaign idea. It's been running for a few years. All it was was, you know, blue sky, rainbow, bottle of Ribena, lovely berries on, on some grass. And you look at it and you go, well, there's nothing new about it. Uh, there, and I, I can't get excited about it. And I remember the conversation with the agency was like, are we really going to rerun an old campaign? But actually, the, the consumer loves it because it's everything that is positive about that brand. Summertime, juice, berries, Britishness. It just had everything that's about all the f all the nice emotions you'd want to be associated with. And the headline with. was berrylicious. It was... Exactly, more black current than a black current. The thing is, it was fluent. It's what we associate yes. with Ribena. Yeah. And it had that summery goodness about it. And and talking of, you know, bring back the oldies, <laughs> the Hovis ad, you know, that um, Ridley Scott did, the boy on the bike. I mean, how many years ago? 35? I mean... So they've remastered uh, the, the visuals and added a new soundtrack, and we tested it last week. Five stars. And actually, one of my one of my experiences. My first time in Cannes. Actually, I sat through a, a, an afternoon of uh, seminars yesterday. The the focus on digital and immediate response, you know, and segmentation and all this sort of thing. There's there's so much pressure on the short term 
Do you think that that's driving marketeers to look at the wrong metrics and potentially make the mistake of not keeping their eye on the long term? Oh, I mean, no doubt about it. The whole industry has been nudging year by year in the direction of short term returns, partly because of the financial crisis, very understandable, but also because digital and the metrics around digital, which everyone loves whatever you can measure, is all focused on short term promotional stuff, sales activation. Now look, nothing wrong with that. That is an important part of any marketing, any brand's business, but it's an and. And take care of the long term, because as we know from Binet and Field, long on the shore, it is the long-term emotional fame feeling campaigns that basically drive long-term profitability and growth. And you can't do that with short-term message proposition. You know, that's, it doesn't work. So what does make an effective ad? Well, James, I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Five things, just to, you know, kind of simplify it, since we're talking five stars. Emotion, okay? Emotion, emotion, emotion. That's what moves people, all right? Let's start, let's start with that. Stories. Those who tell the best stories rule the world. And advertising has started to become like these very short vignettes with a pop track behind it. I'm sorry, then that's not working. You need to tell a story. And the third one is characters. We need something or somebody to root for. The very best ads, like Boy on the Bike, which is still as relevant, five star, it's character. It's a story. It has an arc. And it doesn't need four minutes to tell it. The best um, filmmakers can do it in 30 seconds. You know, that's brilliant. Music, which is so underestimated. Music, the fourth, is pure emotion. And we've tested ads, exactly the same film with three different bits of music, and it can change a whole star rating. Not always, but it can. Um, and, uh, and the last one really is fluent devices. Fluent devices, you know, like the Meerkats, like 118, like uh, the Gecko, Geico Gecko, are worth gold. They literally double your long-term profitability for the same amount of media money if you have one. And they take time to establish, but God, they're gold. I'd echo all that, actually. I mean, I've, I've, I've used the System 1 approach in the past, and um, even in the editing studio, I've, I've changed the, the story arc, I think, as you guys call it, which is kind of end on a high. And um, I've, I've seen an ad go from a two and a half star to three and a half star simply by re-editing the same footage, but start, you know, starting with the problem and then ending on a real high rather than the other way around, which was what, in, in this case, the agency wanted to do. And music as well. I mean, music is so important but it's interesting when you look at the the time and attention that goes into the production process i mean there's hours and hours and hours obviously on the script and testing the script music is something that's often very very late now i understand why because it doesn't necessarily take a long time to do but it's so important i mean when we did um no one moved forward standing still with anthony joshua and i was at the pre-production of that one and literally i remember ev there was not a dry eye in the house I mean everyone was in tears but I tell you what if you turn the sound down you don't get the same emotion at all going back to the the list of ads that, that we tested what what one do you think was most effective what one did you enjoy the most from that list okay all right so uh, this is where humility uh, has to play a part you know because when you look at this stuff over and over you get reasonably good at predicting 
but it's always the ones that you get wrong that just remind you, you know. Okay, so the one I personally enjoyed most was Viva La Valva. Okay, this is a mad, bold, brave, uh, crocheted vaginas. I mean, you have to, if you, I'm sorry for anyone listening that thinks I'm, I'm just, suddenly you've tuned into some porn channel. No, it's actually brilliantly done. It's tastefully done. It's playfully done. It's joyous. It made me smile. It was funny. Um, and I thought it would be five stars. It isn't. It's, it's, it's basically a one star, I'm afraid. And therefore, my prediction is the following. It will win the Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it that that got such a low score then? I, it just didn't land with... It didn't, it's, it's another classic example, like the Harvey Nicks. I, I, you know, it's an in, one the industry will celebrate. Well, it, it, if we look at I the think. characteristics that, that we described, the fluency, the storytelling... If you look at the ad, there isn't a great deal of that. Um, there's no story, is there's there? There's no story. It is, it's controversial. It's visually it interesting, playful. The music's good. It's 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 a it's a you know it's a fun film to watch. But no, you're right. There's no characters, no story really. And that's potentially why it didn't land well. John, well, I have to say, I, I'm I, I'm a massive fan of Nike, and I I love I love what they've done in the World Cup. I have to say. Um, although actually seeing it, uh, you know, ra- think, just seeing it as a, as a consumer of it rather than someone who kind of works in the industry, I, d- I do think sometimes their creative goes on a bit long. It, it can be a bit overindulgent. And I just wonder whether they, they, they took a five star ad and have made it a high three star because actually they've edited, they've done what lots of clients want to do, which is, oh, we can't cut that scene, we must have that. And they've obviously spent a lot of time capturing a lot of content, and they've obviously argued over you know, how, to, how to edit. And I think that is one where actually less would have been more. And they let, let the creative breathe. I, mean, I remember when we did the, the ad with uh, Auntie Joshua, the one thing I insisted on is actually I didn't want a high-paced, lots of scenes changing quickly. I wanted people to experience it and and as you do it as you would a film where, where you're with the characters as they move through um whereas i think nike potentially fell down because they kind of you know shoehorn too much in and you can get too much content in in advertising well one of the other canned golds that we, we tested uh, was the dove be- um, sketches beauty sketches uh, which won uh, a gold and interestingly it was a long form video it was sort of four minutes and uh, we cut it down just as an experiment to a two minute. So cut it in half and it then was a high four because it was exactly what you're saying. It was just tighter editing. Everything Im- can improve with editing and it's, it's just discipline. It's interesting actually, I, I see both happening. It's really interesting. You, c- you can also see a si- your 60 second idea that's been edited to a 30, like the new LucasAid uh, Energy Spark Something campaign that went. That's got the classic hallmarks of the agency probably created a 60 second script, the client bought a 30 second TV campaign, and then when they tried to get down to 30 seconds, you just don't know what's going on. You just think, what happened there? It just literally, just, you can't, I, I've watched it over and over again, I still don't get what's going on. But um, so I think there's, I think the, the insight is you need to, you need to the, the production needs to match the script, but, don't, but you can be o- as overindulgent as you can, can be underindulgent. And with 30 seconds rule, that should be the default time length that every brief challenges you know the creatives to to hit because it's the most cost effective and you can tell a story 
but you've got to be really clear, simple uh, with how you do it. And you only go more than that if you can prove that it's got a higher star rating than the 30 version and therefore it's worth the extra media. Definitely. That, that, that's really insightful. I, I'd, I'd like to go back a little bit into controversy and how well that works. Because in the last podcast episode, we spoke with John about the Brewdog ad, which obviously sparked a lot of controversy. It got a lot of media attention. And there are a lot of ads here at Can Lions that win because of the controversial creativity. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on how effective controversy well, is? Well, a couple, a couple of examples. Let's, let's, let's take that one. Okay, so the Brewdog ad was one star. It got a lot of controversy, generally positive, I'd say, in the, in the press. And then let's compare and contrast it with uh, Gillette Toxic Masculinity, mm. which, again, got a lot of controversy, mostly negative. That was four stars. So the industry, I think this is, you know, back to the cat, the industry can, can react because basically this is what we're saying. System one human response is all about emotion, positive or negative. Nothing wrong with that, that's human. But we can, as an industry, get it really wrong so let's get data. Let's find out what the people who, in the end, it's, um, this is what it, who it's for, what do they feel? And uh, make I, sure we, we've got the, uh, you know, the right data. I think that's a really interesting insight, actually, is that there's a real danger as a marketeer to listen to the Twitter, social media echo chamber of you know, uh, the, the ad industry and so on and, and take that as your feedback. And it's really risky. And that's why I think the System 1 approach of testing it with the people on the measures that matter, which are emotion, is so important because um, if you only if you rely on Twitter to give you feedback, you're going to make <laughs> really bad decisions. And I wonder how much, as well, of the work that's created is representative of the kind of people and even location. Most most agencies are in London and live in a kind of metropolitan bubble. That probably influences the kind of work that uh, uh, a gets generated, but also gets rewarded. And I think there needs to be a counterbalance, which is actually what do the people think and what are they responding to and what they're going to ultimately buy proud to the people well they decide citizen what was it citizen smith <laughs> but you know this, this this is this is my this is my beef with it because at the end of the day if the advertising works you sell more you can afford to do more advertising and the whole thing is a, is, is a virtuous circle if you win an award and it doesn't work and your sales go down do you know what happens you get your budget cut next year so you won't be coming back to can <laughs> so that's why i'm so passionate about work that works and I think that bubble it does happen I mean we've seen it happen in politics it d definitely happens in advertising and of course you, you sort of go back a bit into the golden era but John Webster you know who created some of the most you know famous um, campaigns Hofmeister, Bear, John Smith's um, what were some of his other there were, it was a, uh, Smash Martians I think was he was always a, well known as a real populist. I mean, he was incredibly down to earth and unpretentious, and and he had that touch. He kind of knew what would resonate with real people, consumers, who were buying, as well as being brilliantly creative. And I'd love somehow to nudge the industry, you know, in that direction. Um, so it's a win-win. Okay, so I've got one final question: How do you guys think can could be improved for the better? Ah, well, I've probably already said this one, actually, but I, I think the, you know, Can has got a bit of an elitist reputation, hasn't it? 
And so I, I think making it more democratic, I think letting the people decide the winners could be, could be re a fascinating change and make it more credible and more democratic. The second thing I think, uh, obviously as a, as a CMO that didn't get invited last year but won two CADs, I, I think it, it would be much better to get as many clients here as possible and involve them as well. Because at the end of the day, it's the clients that are paying the agencies to make the work that need to see the results. And if we celebrate results, everyone wins. And I think we will have more reasons to order more rosé in future. John, nothing to add. Perfect, brilliant, good idea. Well, thank you very much to John Evans and John Kieran there. A fantastic episode. Enjoy the rest of CAN. As always, you can find all of our content at systemonegroup.com. Follow us on social media at System One Research. All of the links and references from this episode will be in the show notes, which also includes a free trial to our ad ratings product.